This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lambert. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Adele about how to cultivate a desire to practice the spiritual disciplines so we can grow in our relationship with Christ even more. One of the ways that this conversation gets started off is how Adele got interested in the spiritual disciplines and and really how many types of spiritual disciplines there are. Adele has an MA from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary and has worked in Christian ministry for over 40 years. She and her husband, Doug, currently work at High Rock Church in Arlington, Massachusetts. As a certified Enneagram instructor, they enjoy resourcing spiritual leaders and pastors through spiritual direction and teaching the Enneagram. Adele is the author of Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, Invitations from God, and the co-author of True You and Women and Identity. She's also the co-author of Spiritual Rhythms and the Enneagram, a handbook for harmony and transformation, which is due out this spring. Previously, Adele and her husband co-pastored Redeemer Community Church in Needham, Massachusetts, and she was formerly pastor of spiritual formation at Christ Church in Oak Brook, Illinois. A retreat speaker and trained spiritual director, she has taught courses at Wheaton College and Northern Seminary. In the early 1970s, she helped pioneer student work with the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students in Southeast Asia and in the Middle East. She has also worked with the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in New England and Canada and with the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students in the West Indies and South Africa. One of the things that's so fascinating to me is that spiritual disciplines can be used to meet certain needs in our life for certain seasons and periods. So sometimes we need to practice spiritual disciplines in order to boost something. There's a good wind going on. Other times we need to practice a spiritual discipline to sort of rein our natural desires back in, the way that we might fast to learn self-control. But at the end of the day, in order to practice a spiritual discipline long-term, we have to have a desire. And like Adele said, a true desire to practice a spiritual discipline will long outlast any ought or should. Because walking with Jesus isn't a measuring stick upon which we have to meet a certain requirement, then we become good Christians. Walking with Jesus has to flow from a deep desire within our hearts. And that's what we're going to be talking about how to cultivate in today's episode. When did you first become interested in the spiritual disciplines? Have you always been a person that was was drawn to them, or did you have to develop this through ministry experiences or a particular time in your life? I grew up in a Christian home that had the spiritual practices that I was taught. I didn't ever know they were spiritual practices. It was, this is what Christian children do. This is what Christian teenagers do. This is, you know, so... I don't think I understood the whole purpose of spiritual practices until Richard Foster's book came out in 1977, Celebration of Discipline. That was sort of the first foray into the spiritual formation world. And it sort of rocked my world. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is the whole field that I don't know much about. And that was the... That was the beginning of the journey for me, 1977. Yeah, and his book is a favorite of ours as well. I think he's introduced 
more people than anyone I know to to this this practice and and particularly of the uh the contemplative practices I know because that that there's a lot of stigma around that even still I think there's there can be a lot of stigma around the contemplative disciplines so that can I say something about that yes please because I heard something recently that really makes sense to me you know we often put the contemplative and the active disciplines there's a tension there, a tension between doing and being. And we have people who really are activists, doers, and they look at the contemplatives and say, well, you're sitting on your hands, you know, this is just narcissistic navel-gazing. You've got to get out there and do something. And then you have the beers who are like, well, the activists, you know, there are, Jesus said there are people who do miracles in his name that he didn't know. Is your doing just coming out of your skill set and your passion, or is it coming out of God? So I feel like we end up with this standoff between contemplative and active or disciplines of engagement, disengagement, however you name them. And the example that I think holds the tension is you need the contemplative and the active if you want to see clearly. It's like having two eyes. If you go around with one eye closed, you don't have depth perception. You cannot see the world clearly. In order to really be able to see reality, you need both eyes. And I feel like the contemplative and the active are the two eyes of the soul that help us be in God for this world. How would you then counsel somebody that that is coming to you and and asking they're they're ready to start this journey and Maybe they lean one way or the other. Do you point them in the direction of disciplines that better fit their their action or contemplative, or do you go the other direction first? It, it depends how well I know them and how well I know their journey first. Second, I don't think there is like a generic aspirin or pattern that I can prescribe for anybody. The journey of the soul is very much a private, individual journey with God. And so in the spiritual disciplines handbook, I start with desire because I think this is where Jesus starts. He continually asks people, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? What do you need? You know, what is it that you want? What are you asking me? And I believe that for every spiritual hunger, for every way in which we hunger and desire God, there is a spiritual practice. So I would start with, what are you hungry for? What are you desiring from God? Where is the veil between you and God the thinnest? Some of those questions, so I had an understanding of their journey. And and I've got to say, your questions are spot on in your descriptions of, of the desires, because I was— when I first got the book and I was I was looking through this, you, you simply say, and I'm going to ask you about this in, in a second, but you simply say, look over these phrases and and which one identifies with you the most, like which one jumps out at you, and then you have us go and and sort of look at those desires that fall in that in that area, and I immediately felt that sort of yearning, that desire in my heart that I'm drawn towards one or two in particular, and. It, it's what I found over the last few years of my life to be very true is it's like, yes, that is actually exactly what I need or, or have been pursuing all of this time. And so so you organize yours 
your, the spiritual disciplines and in, in, in the spiritual disciplines handbook around the acronym worship. That's where you list out the phrases that you have people first list or go through and read and, and choose. How did you come up with that acronym or why did you structure the book based on that acronym? I knew that one of the people have of physical practices is this sense of that they can be empty. They can be roped. They can mean nothing. And that spiritual practices, in a sense, don't have to make you know God. So I kept thinking, what makes a spiritual practice open somebody to God? And when does it not? What is what is it? And that's where I came up with. I tried a number of different words, but I thought, you know, ultimately, it is about worshiping God. And if a practice opens you to worshiping God and it's it meets some soul hunger in you, well, God bless you. Go there. God's going to meet you there. I like that because even though, like you talk about Richard Foster's way of organizing the disciplines or... Uh, the way Dallas Willard does is very helpful for you know breaking them down in different ways. Your way really captures the heart of what the purpose of these disciplines are for, and and you make it very clear that the disciplines are a means to an end. They're not the ends in in and of themselves. But looking at it with this acronym of worship, and then I think I think again just going through the process of reading your book and and incorporating these practices, it sort of makes the means, the end, because it's so, you, you can't help but escape that idea of I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm doing this to connect with my Creator, with 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 Jesus, my Savior. Which is totally different than the contemporary culture's emphasis on self-help and becoming a better person. Right. Because if you participate in spiritual practices for the sake of becoming a better person, I think you've missed the point. Yep, yep, Absolutely. And, and so you, you have this idea that you're talking about, I look at it as the context in which you, you sort of center these disciplines, and that is, it, it constantly comes up in your introduction when you say, keep company with Jesus. What does that mean? What do you mean by when you say, keep company with Jesus? Well, these are the wonderful words from Matthew 11 that Eugene Peterson translates, are you burnt out on religion, tired, you know, keep company with me and you will recover your life. It's it's just these wonderful words that um, we talk about, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And, you know, what does that mean, a relationship with Jesus? Does that mean I prayed the prayer and said, Jesus, come into my heart? Well, that may have started something, but has anything followed that has given you a relationship? Or we can say, well, I, I have a date in my Bible when I was converted. And I would say keeping company with Jesus is being converted every day because there's a million things for us to be converted from and to. And so it's this active, ongoing engagement with somebody who is present and desiring my own transformation as much as I am. So how do we cultivate the desire to want to keep company with him. You talk about it at one point that a desire will keep us coming back to keeping company with Jesus more than any ought or should could ever do. The thought just occurs to me, like, how do you cultivate that desire? I really believe that part of desire is I ask for a hunger and desire for God. 
that if you want to know God, why wouldn't you ask for more of God and to know God better? So I ask for desire. I also try to put myself in places that you will desire. So for me, that can can be many places. You know, it could be nature that fuels my desire for God. It could be scripture reading. It could be music. It could be a, a number of these disciplines that actually catch my soul on fire. And so I try to keep myself in places that keep me burning. And I found that, Josh and I like to talk about this, but uh, one of the things that has been so helpful for me in sort of stoking that fire is is actually my failures. And when I fail, it's sort of continually returning to the feet of Jesus, continually returning to these disciplines and recognizing that I am accepted, I am welcomed by His grace, that that over time, because, you know, I think there's a, there's a process there of just dealing with guilt and shame that, that when we begin that journey, we, we deal with, but it, His grace really wells up a whole new level of love and desire that it's like, man, if this is really true, right. I want more of this. Like, and there, there becomes an actual pleasure associated with that. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I'm getting excited about that. If I could challenge you to do one thing today, it would be to ask God to stoke a deeper desire in your heart for your relationship with Him so that you can make greater space for practicing the spiritual disciplines, which are just a means to an end. They're just a means for us to make time with Jesus so that we can worship Him, so that we can open ourselves to Him. And if you need a little extra boost, remember, no matter what you have done, no matter how you might have failed, you are still loved. Let His grace wash over you today and let that love stoke that fire and that passion in your heart to pursue Him with everything you've got. Because that desire will carry you further than any ought or should ever could. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.